The Rigger Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Drzebski for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday, we got the Roster Diamond Show where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world. Plus, the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays, it's me back with Warren Sharp, deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. April showers bring a loaded sports calendar and FanDuel is the place to bet on it all right now. You can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. You know, unless you're wearing Philly red or you're, you're a Philly, they don't like you. You know, and I love that. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special. Shield Kapadia here. The Phillies smack down the Braves 10-2 in Game 3, an all-out party at Citizens Bank Park. The kind of game that makes the MLB postseason so fun. I'm going solo pod. Wanted to get this one out there as soon as possible. Quick turnaround before Game 4. So I'm just emptying out what I saw from this game. We'll look ahead to game four, which will be Thursday night. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the takeaways. All right, you know where we're starting. Number one, nothing Bryce Harper does anymore should surprise us. I had this feeling after the way game two ended, I felt irrationally confident that Bryce Harper was going to do something big today. Now you can, ah, oh, Sheila, you're saying that after the fact. No, no, no. You can listen, you can fact check me. A uh, friend of the pod, Fran Duffy, we were on a thread earlier. He can vouch for me. He felt the same way. I didn't want to tweet it out because you are all aware of the Kapadia curse. I put that out um, into the universe and all of a sudden Bryce Harper would have been 0 for 5. So uh, I mentioned that on Twitter. Many of you thanked me and uh, quite frankly, you're welcome. But listen, 
This is who he is. I don't remember a Philadelphia athlete in my lifetime who in a big moment, when you need him to come through, you just feel so confident that he is going to come through. I'm not saying every time. Obviously, it's baseball. Guys get out all the time. Uh, He doesn't come through every single time. But I'm talking about the feeling you get as a fan or an observer when you are watching him in a big spot. You, You can probably name athletes in your lifetime. This guy might be a great player, but when it's a big spot, you just have that feeling in your stomach that, shoot, I don't know. I, I don't feel that great about it. There might be other guys, not great players, but they're up in a big spot and you think, all right, well, at least, um, you know, this guy's going to give me something. With Harper, it's like both the things. You have the great player and you have that feeling that when he comes up, something good is going to happen. Like he, I, I can't even fully describe what the quality is, but third inning, game tied at one, two on, two out, 84 mile per hour slider from Bryce Elder, goodbye, 408 feet into the right field stands. Harper watches it, he rounds second, he stares at Orlando Arcia at shortstop, crosses home plate, heads to the dugout, 4-1 Phillies. And then I was watching him, you know, camera going to him um, in the dugout, like what, what's his demeanor? Is he celebrating? He wasn't smiling. He didn't look relieved. And I thought, you know what? This is what separates athletes like him. And I could be completely wrong. I'm not inside Bryce Harper's head. I, you know, he, he actually speaks pretty honestly. So I like to hear him talk about his approach. Uh, he had a great press conference after this game. But to me, I look at him and like, this isn't about the joy or the achievement when he's in the moment. Maybe afterwards he thinks, all right, that was really fun. Uh, not to say he's not having fun, but this is about something inside of him that says like, hey, this is what's required of the situation. This is what I have to do right now. I have no other choice. I was built for this moment. I'm coming through. I need this. You need this. My team needs this. Like this is, you you can kind of just see it on his face in these moments. It's like a level of confidence, a maniacal competitiveness that most humans, myself included, you listening probably, will never get to. Like, I can't even, the reason I can't describe it is because I could never sort of feel the way I think he feels in those moments. But that's what I see when I watch him play baseball. I mean, we've seen this over and over and over again in these big spots. It could be the regular season. It could be the postseason. It doesn't matter uh, what month we're in. It doesn't matter if he's at full health, if he's coming off of Tommy John surgery, if he's feeling great. Uh, You just see it. And, And every single time, as a viewer, you're watching it going, I think he's going to come through. Again, sometimes he doesn't, but you watch it and you feel like he's going to come through. So uh, comes back up in the fifth, hits a second home run, stares at Arcia again. After the game, he's asked about it. You know, during his, his uh, post-game interview on the field, he kind of gave a no answer and wasn't really um, willing to talk about it. But then in his press conference, you know, he was asked pretty directly, like about staring at Arcia, and he said, I stared right at him. And then he's asked, well, when did you find out about what, you know, Arcia said after uh, the double play that ended the last game, game two? And he said, uh, you know, teammates showed it to him. They looked at him. They told him. And they asked him what he was going to do. And this is what he did. Game three. Swing game in the series. He goes two for four, two homers, 
four RBIs, seven playoff games now for Bryce Harper against the Braves the last two years. Ready for the numbers? 13 for 27, 481 with five home runs and 10 RBI. On base percentage, 548. OPS, 1.697. He came through again. It, It felt like it always does when you're watching him. This is what separates him. It's how he makes you, me, the fan, the observer feel when it's on him in a big spot. I don't think it's recency bias. I don't think it's hyperbole. Uh, I've never seen this from a Philadelphia athlete in my lifetime. I'm not saying he's the best Philadelphia athlete of my lifetime or anything like that. I'm talking about that specific quality of how he makes you feel when you're watching him in a big spot. He came through again. I, I mean, this is uh, this is unprecedented, and hopefully. This is just another moment. Again, think of the season he's had. Comes back from Tommy John surgery faster than any player in MLB history. Doesn't have it right away. Can't hit home runs. Doesn't have the power. He's getting on base. He's doing the little things. After the All-Star break, comes back, learns how to play first base. Oh, all of a sudden, here comes the power. He finishes the season 10th in OPS in the entire major leagues. He plays first base at what I would say is an above average level. If you want to say average, fine. He's certainly not killing them there uh, at first base. Like the things he's done in the last calendar year are remarkable. One one of the most fascinating uh, seasons for a Philadelphia athlete I can remember. Hopefully we get to see what's next with Bryce Harper. And this isn't the last thing we're talking about with him, that he has many more moments in this postseason. All right, number two. Aaron Nola came through. I mean, in a big spot, in a big way. Best offense in baseball. This is the swing game in the series. You're facing elimination if you lose. He goes five and two-thirds innings, allows two earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. I mean, that is big time. I went in thinking, all right, just keep him in the game. You know, if it's if it's if it's five innings, four earned, like I'm okay with that. Just don't get, you know, blown out two, three innings in where you're coming off the mound and it feels like the game's almost over. Well, he did a lot more than that. I mean, third inning, Acuna doubles, Albies RBI single, Olsen walks. I know what you were thinking. You were thinking like what I was thinking. Like, shoot, they could blow this game open right now. First and second for Ozuna. Nola strikes him out. Uh, Terrific. I mean, just a terrific start. I thought that was a special moment when he came off the mound there, sixth inning, hips the cap. Loudest ovation probably for Aaron Nola in his career. I thought I might be forgetting something. Maybe I am. Maybe there was something last year. Uh, but that's what it felt like to me. Two starts this postseason for Nola 12 and two thirds innings pitched, one earned run, 12 strikeouts, two walks. Come up huge. Both rounds so far. Uh, first against the Marlins, now in this game. Again, huge spot against the Braves and Aaron Nola comes through. And then you look back, remember we did it for those of you that listen to every episode, hopefully that's everybody. We did the playoff preview pod and we were talking about Aaron Nola's last two starts of the regular season. And did it mean anything? I mean, baseball so hard. It's a small sample. It could be fluky. It could be coincidence. Well, now you look at his last four starts, 25 and a third innings pitched, five earned runs in four starts, 28 strikeouts, Two walks, 28 strikeouts and two walks. Most importantly, last four starts, one home run allowed. 
I mean, imagine if I told you that uh, mid-July, mid-August, late August, I would told you, hey, you know what? Uh, Aaron Nola's going to have a stretch. Last two starts of the regular season, first two starts of the playoffs, where he is going to allow one home run in four starts. You would have not thought that was possible. Incredible. Maybe he did find something. I don't know if people caught this. There was an anecdote during the game, and maybe this has been reported elsewhere, and I missed it. If I did, I apologize. But Jeff Francoeur said, you know, he was talking to Rob Thompson and JT Real Muto about, you know, did something get fixed with Aaron Nola? And he said that Aaron Nola, the mechanics of the pitch clock, he said Aaron Nola was looking to the pitch clock to the right. Like when he's facing Real Muto, he was looking to the right, to the on-deck circle uh, of the uh, opposing team, of the visiting team. And that messed him up. They said, you know what? Your shoulders are turned. I, I, I honestly, I couldn't even follow the whole thing. I was thinking to myself, this cannot be what's changed him. But this is what they said, that his shoulders were turned. It locked him up. They said, hey, Aaron, look at the pitch clock near the Phillies dugout to the other side. They said, this opened him up. It got him back on plane, and that's what he's been doing in the last three or four starts. I mean, I don't know. I have a hard time believing it, but pitchers are weird. Baseball is weird. Professional athletes are weird. Uh, I will believe just about anything. Maybe it doesn't make sense, but you know what? I'm in with the way he's, he's performed here over his last four starts. So uh, maybe he's found something. You know, Hopefully, he has several more starts here. I said before the playoffs, this month can change his legacy as a Philly, whether he's here beyond this season or not here beyond this season. There's still a long way to go. It's not fair to expect him to be this good every time, but that possibility still exists. That 10 years from now, when we're having a conversation about what do you think of Aaron Nola's career with the Phillies, maybe, maybe the first thing we talk about is, hey, his 2023 postseason run, start against the Marlins in the first round, the start in game three against the Braves in the second round. Maybe there's a start or two against the Diamondbacks in the NLCS. Maybe there's something in the world. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to Kapadia curse this. But you know what I'm saying. That possibility still exists. Uh, he's got off to a great start with his first two, uh, first two starts of the postseason so far. You could not ask for more than what he's given you. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute with takeaways three, four, and five. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. Sheila Kapadia coming at you with a solo pod after the Phillies game three victory over the Atlanta Braves. All right, third takeaway. Do not overlook Nick Castellanos' role in this game, okay? I consider myself an expert in detecting when the butt cheeks start to clench for the fans at a Philadelphia sporting event. There's not many things I'm an expert in. I think this is one thing I am an expert in. I can feel it. I can see it through the TV. Uh, I know when it's happening. I know when it's going to happen. I've been in those stands 
at the NFC Championship game at the Vet against the Bucks, and then at the Link against the Panthers and several Sixers elimination games uh, over my lifetime. You all know what I'm talking about, okay? It's the third inning. The Braves score, it's one nothing, And here's where your mind starts to go. You start to think about the wasted opportunity in game two. You start thinking about how, yeah, you know what, game four, Ranger Suarez in the bullpen against Spencer Strider in a potential elimination game. That doesn't feel great. Start to think about, ah, Braves, where, you know, a great team in the regular season. You're only going to have so many chances. You start thinking about how the team that you, you know, has given you an entertaining summer, an entertaining season, a bunch of lovable players, if, if you're a fan, how this team could have its season ended in 24 hours. You know, you do that thing where it's like it, it creeps into your mind. You try to get out of there, you know, th- throw it out. But it's hard because you have a lifetime of experiences in these exact situations. And again, it's not just one of you. It's thousands of it's, it's in the stands. It's on your couches. It's when you're watching, listening. You try to shut it out, but it's hard. And I think that was starting, you know, that was going to creep in, okay? Uh, it was a short time there. Uh, the Braves score in the top of the third, and then the Phillies are up, but it starts to go in there. If the Phillies go down like one, two, three in that inning, if they don't score in the third, and now the Braves are back up in the fourth, it was only going to become more and more potent in your mind that feeling. However, Nick Castellanos did us all a favor and got it out of there quickly. Second pitch uh, of that inning, he takes a slider from Elder Deep. Bam, just like that. It's 1-1. It's just a huge spot. I mean, that really opened things up. Then everyone could exhale. And of course, the Phillies end up having a huge inning, score six runs in the inning uh, with the Harper homer, with the JT Real Muto. By the way, that was huge. Two-out double uh, in that inning, they score six, and now all of a sudden, you start saying, okay, 6-1. I can work with 6-1 uh, with Arenola on the mound in this game. So Castellanos goes yard twice, but I thought that one in the third inning was just a huge moment in the game. Uh, overall, Philly six home runs in this game ties a playoff uh, record. Two from Castellanos. You have two from Harper, obviously. You have Trey Turner and you have Brandon Marsh all hit home runs in this game. If you're like me, towards the end, you were saying, no, 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 save some of these for tomorrow because I don't know whether there's any statistical evidence to this or not, but every time I've watched the Phillies score double-digit runs, the next day, regardless of the team, regardless of the lineup, the next day they score like zero, one, or two runs. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they had more in there that they're going to save for Thursday. All right. Takeaway number four. It's just leftovers. It's not even a takeaway. It's just some leftovers. Things I have to get off my chest that I haven't gotten to yet. Let's talk about the Orlando Arcia thing. Okay, this is, I referenced this earlier. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, why was Bryce Harper staring at Arcia? Why was he asked about this after the game? So here's what happened. Game two in Atlanta, uh, Bryce Harper gets doubled up at first base. Terrific play by the Braves to end that game. Reporters are in the Braves clubhouse after the game. One writer, Fox Sports writer, uh, his name is Jake Mintz, wrote about the scene. And here's the exact line from the story he wrote on Fox Sports. He said, Orlando Arcia cackled emphatically about Harper's misfortune, bellowing, quote, ha ha, attaboy, Harper, repeatedly as reporters circled the room. 
Now, when you're listening to that going, that's it? It was nothing more. That's that. Listen, athletes are wired differently. We've seen this for years. If you've watched sports, you know that even a little thing like that, uh, that can get somebody fired up, okay? And that, that's why these teams are so paranoid because little stuff like that gets people fired up. Now, maybe it's not that little. I mean, cackling uh, emphatically, saying attaboy Harper, like that's something. It's not nothing. So there's been talk about, well, was this fair to Arcia? Should it have been reported. Like he wasn't saying this during an actual interview. I think it's nonsense. And just to give you some background, I mean, you are taught as a reporter to take the reader to where you are. Like being a reporter, it's not about reporting the press conferences. Like where are those places that you get to go that the people who are fans who, you know, keep these teams employed, they cannot go. And what can you tell them about what you saw what you heard, what you observed, what you witnessed, all these things. That, that is literally what you are supposed to do as a reporter. When I was covering the Eagles full-time, I would lead almost every Monday morning column from a game with what I saw in the locker room. Because I'm like, you know what? They can watch. They watch they, all, all my readers, they watch the game. They watched the coach's press conference. They watched the quarterback's press conference. They watched whatever else was on uh, post-game live. They can see stuff online, on YouTube, on the team's website. What can't they see? And so like, I would just sometimes stand there and look around and write down what I saw. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what I did. There's a specific period of time when the media is let in. The media is not like in there the second that the clubhouse opens and then, you know, until players leave, like they're let in at a certain time, they're kicked out at a certain time. Now, if two people are having a private conversation in there, do you report that? No. But if someone is yelling something repeatedly and it's part of the scene of a post-game locker room in which the team is kind of celebrating this win, that is absolutely fair game. So uh, I think it's nonsense, uh, the complaints. And uh, and to the reporter's credit, you know, he described that that Arcia was saying it repeatedly as reporters circled the room. Like, if the athlete thinks that's not going to get reported, that's a bad job by the team's public relations staff. Like, they should know when reporters are in there and you're doing something like that, their job is to describe the scene. So I thought that was nonsense. Just wanted to get that out of the way. A little uh, journalism 101, which many of you probably don't care at all about. Okay, whatever. Uh, Bryce Harper wore a Coach Prime shirt to the game. He was asked about it uh, after the game. He said he wore the AI one to the last game and the same company sent him a Coach Prime shirt. So he wore it to this game. Now, Nick Castellanos wore a Coach Prime hoodie. They, they said it wasn't intentional. Whatever. I loved it. Uh, I loved the Phillies tweet about it. Before the game, uh, I thought that was great. What else did we like from this game? Uh, Garrett Stubbs, is this a new celebration? He just kind of spanks himself in the uh, in the dugout there. I I was entertained by it. You know, I think uh, I think that's a good move that I'm sure my kids will like to uh, emulate for hopefully what is the rest of a long postseason. If he's done that before and I missed it, I apologize. I uh, just wanted to say I'm all for it. Garrett Stubbs makes watching this team. Uh, and rooting for this team more enjoyable. So that's a nice job out of him. All right, this one, last one in my leftover. This is very random. Have you noticed like the group, uh, it's like the first row in the right field stands and the one guy to the left is wearing a uh, a white girl wasted hat. It says white girl wasted. Uh, he's in the front row of right field. He's there with his buddies. I swear this group is there for like every playoff game. Do they have the best Ticket hookup in the entire city? How are they getting these seats for every 
game. It's hilarious. Someone hits a home run out there and all of a sudden you see this guy wearing a hat that says white girl wasted. So I just thought that was funny. I welcome any additional information on this group. If this group, you know, can might want to get me a couple tickets to one of these games, I will happily uh, join them there and uh, I can wear the hat for the guy. So I thought that was funny. You're probably thinking, why am I still listening to this on a podcast? All right, let's move on. Number five. Let's finish this game, this series in game four, please. Okay. Not saying they can't go to Atlanta in game five and win. Of course, they can do that. It would be Zach Wheeler against Freed. We saw Freed, you know, uh, yesterday. Phillies can absolutely get to him. That's a nice matchup that works in the Phillies' favor. However, I don't really need to get there. Okay. Let's just do Thursday night. You got Ranger Suarez on the mound against Spencer Strider. Strider is such a great villain. I mean, the crowd at Citizens Bank Park chanting, we want Strider uh, during this game. That was fantastic. Uh, we know what happened last year when he pitched in the playoffs. Uh, that was game three at Citizens Bank Park. There's this clip circulating where Strider is asked uh, if he has a hot sports take. And he says, no fans. That's his hot sports take. You, you don't need him. He said, keep it quiet. You know, if they want to be in the upper bowl, they can be in the upper bowl. You don't need him. He kind of says it like in a Larry David de delivering a bit uh, kind of way, which, as you know, I'm considered the Indian Larry David. So uh, I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. But that's already making the rounds. I mean, the crowd is going to be so ready for this guy. Uh, and again, it's good to have villains. You know, he was yelling at the ump in game two about the called third strike from Alvarado. That was clearly a strike. And he's, you know, yelling bleep you uh, to the ump. Camera is right on him. So um, this is a guy who's going to be in our lives for years to come. Great pitcher. Was awesome in game one. Seven in innings pitched, five hits, two runs, one earned, eight strikeouts, two walks. Bryce Harper got to him. But overall, the Phillies had a very, very tough time. Good news is that the bullpen is rested for the Phillies. The way this game went, uh, we didn't see Cousin Jeff. We didn't see Alvarado. We didn't see Kimbrell. Uh, we didn't see Soto. So, you know, I, I would expect that Rob Thompson lets Ranger Suarez pitch more of a normal game. Like, I don't think it's just going to be a uh, three innings and he's out. I could be wrong there. Maybe that is what he'll do. Maybe he'll do the exact same thing uh, he did in game one. But I think if Suarez is pitching well, I mean, you can have a quick hook still, um, but pull him when you need to, where if you feel like he's still got it and he's keeping you in the game, you can keep him in there. So uh, Phillies have just such an amazing home field advantage. And I feel like every time you have a home team, you say this and, you know, the, regardless of the city or the stadium with the Phillies, it's backed up with numbers. I mean, crowd was great again tonight uh, from Sarah Langs on Twitter says Phillies are 25 and 11 in the postseason at Citizens Bank Park. That is a 694 winning percentage, the best of any team in the major leagues. And then this guy kind of blew me away. She had another one. She said, Phillies have out-homered their opponents by 30 home runs at Citizens Bank Park. They've hit 30 more home runs than their opponents at Citizens Bank Park. That's the best homer differential for any franchise in any park. I mean, those numbers are pretty undeniable when you look at them that way. I think it's the best home field advantage in the city uh, by far. I think it's one of the best home field advantages in all of sports. That is what Phillies playoff baseball has become. So let's not mess around. We don't need a game on Saturday. We, you know, we don't need the stress 
of a, of a, of a game five in the divisional round. Let's, let's do what we did last year and just finish it in game four, a little stress-free baseball, move on to the NLCS. So uh, as of this podcast, as I'm recording this, the Diamondbacks are beating the Dodgers four to nothing. So if that score holds, if the Diamondbacks win, uh, Phillies play at 8.07 on Thursday night. If it does not hold, if the Dodgers come back and win, then the Phillies would play at 6.07. I mean, couldn't you just keep it at 6.07? I'm loving these early uh, start times, but whatever. Uh, so we'll see. Let, let's just end it on Thursday night, regardless of the time. All right, that will do it. Listen, the Phillies are 2-0 this postseason when I have decided uh, you know, preemptively to do a solo pod. So I have no choice but to plan for that again after game four. If you don't like the solo pods, I'm sorry. That's what I got to do. I can't risk them not winning game four because I chose to have a guest on. Now, if they lose game four, then maybe we switch it up. We have a guest on for game five. I will need someone to talk to uh, for that game either way. Okay. Thanks to Cliff Augustine for producing. If you haven't listened to my Eagles pod with Sean Syed, I thought it was a really good one. We jumped into Eagles red zone issues, second half adjustments versus the Rams, looked ahead to the Jets game, talked about uh, Jalen Hurts. So we broke down the film, had a lot of laughs. That was a lot of fun. Appreciate all the feedback on those episodes. Definitely check that one out. All right, everyone get some sleep. Talk to you Thursday night. Go Phil. must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.